You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. My God, it's a beautiful day here in sunny Charleston, South Carolina. How's the weather where you're at? Whatever kind of weather you're having, I hope that you're having a wonderful, purposeful, joy-filled day. And I mean that with all sincerity. Life is too short to think otherwise. Do you know how powerful you are? I hear clients, friends, people that I talk to, and, and either they say it's, you know, they say it explicitly, like they come out and say, I feel powerless, or I wish to be empowered, or they say it kind of, you know, implicitly. They imply it in the tone and the word usage that they say, uh, it, things that are indicative of a lack of power. And let's talk about it. I want to talk about it because you, my friend, are very powerful, and I can prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove to you, if you keep listening, just how powerful you truly are. That's the whole point of uh, the work that anybody like myself who gets into um, clinical psychotherapy, that's the whole root of this. The whole root, the whole purpose of everything that we do is to inspire people to look inward and to find their power because that's the ultimate goal. Think about it. When you heal, when you identify what your traumas are, when you identify what triggers you, when you understand yourself and you understand your value and you understand your worthiness, you become empowered. And I can promise you that. And we're going to talk about it today. One thing and it, it sort of is a kind of a, a dovetail off of yesterday's podcast with regard to communication. You are powerful through the words that you choose that you use. The words you choose to use in your daily communication are very powerful. You ever thought about that? Let's dig into it a little bit. Um... I can, let's see, knee-jerk, think about times when someone's words cut me to my bone. Can you think of somebody? I bet you can. I bet you just did. I bet you just thought about that bully in seventh grade, didn't you? Or somebody in high school who turned you down for prom. Or someone who made a joke about your physical appearance or maybe a, a perceived disability. Did someone hurt you with their words? They can cut you to your core without even raising a hand. Words are powerful. You are powerful in how you choose to communicate. I can think of several instances where someone said things that hurt me. And I can also think back and looking at those situations logically, assess whether or not they did so with intention of hurting me. Sometimes people say things that are honest that are hurtful. You ever think about that? Like they didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but they were just telling you the truth. We can actually affect how someone else perceives themselves through how we use to communicate, how we use our words to communicate. Speaking of the seventh grade bully, you know, that was one of the roughest times in my life. Anyway, I was already in a 
a deeply wounded space. So when I went to school, it was all a matter of survival at that point. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I know for a fact that I am not isolated in my experiences with that. My understanding is a huge part of what fuels me in doing this work is because I know, <laughs> I know that, that I'm not the only one. And my point and purpose is to communicate to you that you're not the only one who's been hurt, who's been traumatized, who was bullied. Let's see, I can remember standing in line in the, uh, I almost said the chow hall. <laughs> That's that military mindset going behind, be, beyond that in middle school, uh, the cafeteria, the lunchroom, standing in line in the lunchroom. And I can remember it was a daily issue and it was specific to seventh grade. Um, and, and this kid every day would seek me out and would, while we waited in line, would just, you know, it was like a, a, a roast, <laughs> I guess is the best way I can think of it. Like this kid roasted me every day in line in the lunchroom to the point where it became with such regularity that kids were looking forward to it. It was like their own personal comedy hour, except I was the butt of the joke. You know, of course it hurt. I just remember one thing that was said to me. <laughs> it's, it's funny now, but they said that uh, something about you're so ugly, your family tree, you slid all the way down and hit every branch on the way down of your family tree or something. I just remember the, the way everybody laughed when they said that. And uh, God, that ate at me for the longest time. And I think the big, now that I think about it, I think the reason that it ate at me was because I didn't really understand what it meant. <laughs> but, um, you know, I can, I can look back on that now and realize that you know, the, the, the individual that, uh, was, you know, taunting me, was teasing me, really enjoyed the attention. And I can understand that. I can understand that. I think maybe I might've been the same way. Um, if, if I had been given that opportunity or if I had that realization that making fun of somebody would, you know, give me a lot of laughs, I probably wouldn't understand the injury. All of that being said, words have power. And on the other side of that, you can seek to build people up with your words. You can improve the quality of a person's perspective with how you express how you perceive that person. I can remember being in the military and being told that I was a stellar troop by uh, one of my supervisors. You're a stellar troop. And I remember, I gotta look that word up. What does stellar mean? And when I looked it up and I realized that it exemplified excellence, I was tearful because I certainly didn't see myself that way. Um, I do now, looking back, I was a, I was a really good troop. I, 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 did, I did well. Um, but of course, you know, if you don't have any identity of worthiness, then anything can really tear you down, right? What are some situations that maybe you have encountered? Can you think of any? I'm sure you can. Where... Someone's words uh, had an effect on you. Words are powerful. Even if it's, you know, even if you're not using verbal, verbal words, you can write things. You know, it's interesting to me on social media how brave and courageous people become all of a sudden when they have the perceived anonymity of the keyboard. And it just becomes easy to reach out into the the ether, if you will, of social media 
and affect someone and affect someone harshly to reach out and to degrade someone. People on the receiving end of that degradation, it, it feels very personal, um, but it, it can't possibly be personal, even though it feels very personal because they don't know you, do they? I mean, they, they really don't. And it is important to understand what your own personal triggers are when it comes to the slings and arrows of the insults of the anonymous people. Sure, I get it. Um, I get it all the time. If it becomes problematic, I just, I employ the block feature <laughs> on social media. It doesn't bother me at all to do that. Um, and I, I firmly believe that if, you know, if that's the case, then I will send that person off uh, and I will enforce a boundary with them and their commentary because I don't need that toxicity in my space and I will wish them well. Um, and it's unfortunate too because I feel compelled to help those kinds of people and when they sort of kind of vacillate between regular conversations and toxic conversations, it's not something that I care to have in my space because it's not somebody who is willing to do the work. It is someone who is actually engaging in active toxic behavior. And I can't work with that. I can't work with it. Um, but I do send those people away in love. I absolutely do. I enforce a boundary, um, block them so that, you know, I don't need it. I'm not trying to prove a point for somebody who's not ready for me to prove a point for them. Um, I think that uh, the work that I have expressed thus far speaks for itself. I think it stands on its own. So for someone to reach out and attack it, you know, I get it. I do understand it. I understand the, the, the mechanics of attacks. I understand that when someone, particularly someone who comes at me or a friend or, or somebody who is consistently positive in how they express themselves, whether through social media or just in just in general everyday life, when they when those people are attacked, that is a person who is so deeply wounded that the idea of being vulnerable to their feelings is in and of itself a trigger. Like they cannot allow the uh, position of you know projection to be removed. They can't stop projecting. They have to place their venom elsewhere. And they usually do that through words. And those words can be powerful, especially if all upon the ears of someone who is unsuspecting, innocent, or vulnerable in their own right. And I see that happen as well. I see that with, uh, with clients who uh, deal with that, particularly in, in my regular work where um, I have individuals that are extremely successful in their careers to the point where their leadership becomes threatened. You ever had that? You do your job so well that your boss uh, kind of bullies you a little bit, heaps upon some critique just to kind of take you down a notch because you're doing too well, that, that they find that offensive, that it, it sort of reflects poorly upon them. I've been in those situations as well. I worked a job for two years where I could not do anything right, even though I was doing everything right. You know what I mean? So words are powerful. Words, uh, how you communicate, whether, you know, written, verbal, doesn't matter. They hold power. You can hurt someone, you can injure someone, or you can build someone up. And the people who go out of their way 
to reach out, connect with those individuals and to remind them of, you know, what they bring to the table and how valuable people perceive them to be and how, how much they're appreciated. Man, that's like money in the bank right there. Money in the emotional bank. That fills a tank, especially if that person is attempting to do their own healing. If that person is on some uh, a spiritual path, which by the way, we are all on, whether we admit it or not, we are all on a spiritual path. We are all here for a purpose. Um, whether or not a person is actively seeking to elevate and to reach a goal in their purpose, to align themselves with their potential, doesn't matter if you're doing it actively or not. You're on a, you're on a mission. You're, you're on a path. Um, you have the power to engage in that path. You have the power to engage in your own healing. You have, a pow- you have the power to access your worth and to understand yourself better. You can choose to live a life of mediocrity. You can choose to live a life where you don't attain clarity. You can choose to live a life where all you're doing is manipulating. And, you know, I I said it, you know, something along the lines yesterday in uh, the, if you haven't heard it, listen to the podcast on communication. Uh, People who uh, cannot or do not care to communicate clearly Those are the people who manipulate. Because if you have the power to communicate clearly, why would you want to screw that up by being manipulative? Wouldn't you want to use the power of your words effectively to communicate clearly your intention? Think about how much power. People who have been disempowered their whole life, it is probably a foreign concept to consider being in power. And on top of that, if you're enmeshed in an environment maybe a family circle, maybe a friend circle that's toxic, where when you attempt to make any sort of change in how you perceive yourself, how you move through this life, maybe you have people around you that will tell you that what you're doing is wrong because what you're doing is challenging them to make changes that maybe they're not ready to make. So it's easier to say, hey, hold it down, hold it down over there. What you're doing is making me feel uneasy. What you're doing makes me feel like I'm supposed to be doing more and I don't want to do more. So I need you to stop what you're doing over there. Do you, you see what I'm saying? But we all, we're, we're all on a path. All of us. We're all on a spiritual evolution. And you can choose to engage in that by being purposeful in your words and how you communicate. You can align yourself with your higher purpose. You can align yourself with doing better. You can align yourself by looking inward, looking inside of yourself. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow, but if you can do it that first time, that first step into into the abyss of the unknown in challenging yourself to just do better, do better. How are you using your words? How are you empowering yourself and other people with your words? Are you, are you being positive with your word choice? Or are you bringing people down to your level because you're afraid to make those changes? Are you finding that it's easier to project your negativity onto, onto other people and to be toxic in your relationships with other people? Simply because you're afraid, you're afraid to change. Are you afraid of what you're going to recognize with yourself? 
I know that it is difficult. And I know that people who look inward at themselves or when they look in the mirror, they don't like what they see. They don't like what they see physically. They don't like what they see emotionally. They don't see worth. They don't see value. All they hear are the ramblings of of childhood trauma. Now, this is a trigger warning. So I'm going to say some things here that might resonate with you. Um, and I want you to, to pay attention to how powerful these words are. But this is a trigger warning. So if, if you've been emotionally abused, if you've been called names and, and beat down, you, you know, might want to turn the volume down or just, you know, speed through this part of this, this broadcast. But I've, I've spoken with many clients over the years and a lot of them come into adulthood as byproducts of horrible emotional trauma uh, from caregivers and people who are supposed to love them. You know, they get into their head, they're two, three, four, five, six years old, and you the most horrible thing that you could possibly imagine a child hearing, my clients have heard. My clients have heard everything from, you stupid piece of shit, I hate you, I wish you would have never been born, I wish, you know, I should have gotten an abortion. I had a client that told me that uh, his mother, you know, she would routinely say that to him regularly. He's like, he goes, I don't know. He goes, I know she didn't mean it. And then we talked about it. And I told him, I said, well, maybe she did. And he just looked at me like, what? And I said, here's the thing. I said, maybe she did. But what does that have to do with you? Maybe she did. Maybe she wished that she had gotten an abortion. But what the hell does that have to do with you? That's on her. And that has absolutely no bearing on your worthiness. And it is unfortunate as hell that a woman would have a child and feel compelled to emotionally abuse that child by saying hurtful things like that. By using her words in such a powerfully uh, painful and damaging way. But that's all it was. That's all it was. Her words and her beliefs and her values have absolutely no bearing on my client's worth. It's just unfortunate. He deserved to have a mother who loved him and cherished him and appreciated him and didn't traumatize him. But her feelings about him had absolutely nothing to do with his value and his worthiness. And I think that's where a lot of the, a lot of the people that I work with, I think that's where they kind of get lost in the sauce because they get wrapped up in this mindset that whatever their caregivers tell them is the gospel truth. I'm over here saying, no, it's not. It's not. It's what you think about yourself. You see, these words that we hear when we're children have an enormous influence in how we develop and who we become as adults. How we grow into that is hugely impactful. And it's, it can be positive or it can be negative. You know, on the, uh, on the flip side of that coin, you know, there are people that are completely and totally uh, <laughs> groomed to believe that they are flawless. And that's a problem too. <laughs> you know, when you have a, when you're raised in an environment to believe that everything about you is perfect, then you develop a, a potential for a level of arrogance that makes you insufferable makes you completely insufferable. And that's a, that's a counter effect too, because it's difficult to have relationships with people when you have that belief set about self. And yes, there are people out there. I know them. <laughs> you probably know them too. <laughs> but you know, and it's, it's the same 
the same type of worthiness, right? So for people like that, you know, it's like, hey, listen, I know I don't think you're perfect. I don't think anybody's perfect, but I do think you're worthy. And I do think that processing your own humility is part of your healing because you weren't given the opportunity to grow into being humble because you were consistently placed on a pedestal where you are not allowed to see, you know, your human, your humanness, your flaws and all, you know, and it's important to kind of take that down, but take it down in a healthy way so that you can move through your life and with, uh, with humility. It's important to have humility, but it's critical that you're not humiliated. So we got to have balance. So yeah, I've, I've heard people hugely impacted with the words that have been thrown at them, particularly at a young age. And so, you know what? I'm here to tell you, if you heard hurtful things when you were a child, horrible, terrible things, I hate you, you're a piece of shit, you're garbage, let me just say this to you. It's important to understand this. We interpret our environments in two ways. We interpret them emotionally and logically. That is a very painful thing to encounter as a child. It makes total sense that you would carry it through your adolescence and into your adulthood. But that is an emotional interpretation. My challenge to you is to interpret that logically. Go back in time. Think about it. Think about what was said to you. I wish you'd never been born. Think about it logically. Are they telling you the truth? Maybe. But what does that have to do with you? Think about it. What does it have to it, what does it have to do with you? It has nothing to do with you. Have you ever thought about it that way? When someone else asserts that I wish you had never been born, it's painful when it comes from somebody that's supposed to love you. But when you look at it logically, that is only their opinion. On the other side of that also, I would go one step further is to say that it probably wasn't true. I mean, I like to lean into the argument that it is as a measure of breaking, breaking down the, the attachment by saying it's probably true that they feel that way. That's where you sever that attachment because you sever the attachment from that person's feelings by acknowledging your own. And then you start realizing your self-worth that is not in, incumbent. It's not tied into someone else's opinion. You see what I'm saying? You build your self-worth by identifying what your self-worth is irrelevant to other people's opinions of you. Okay. But on the other side of that argument, let's say that that person didn't really mean it when they said, I wish you had never been born. Another aspect of that could be, that's probably what they think about themselves. A lot of times people who are injured and traumatized will project how they feel about themselves onto other people, particularly when they have children, because children are easy targets. When someone is toxic and tra traumatized from their own childhood and they have children, ch their own children become easy targets. That's why you see, you know, cases of abuse. You see cases of emotional trauma. So I know I'm getting really wordy here. It's been a 24 minutes I've been yapping. Words. Words are powerful. How are you using your words? Are you using your words for, you know, to be a superhero or are you the supervillain? My challenge to you is this. I'll wrap it up. Try to be a superhero. The world needs more superheroes and there's plenty of room out there for more superheroes. Lean into it. And if you're having a hard time using your words for good, you got to bring out that journal. Bring the journal out, write it down and ask yourself this. Why is it a 
why is it a struggle to give someone a compliment? It doesn't diminish anything about you to be pleasant, to be kind, and to empower other people. If you're struggling with that, I highly recommend that you start talking to somebody about that. Get down, get to the bottom of it. You have a right and you deserve an opportunity to embark on that spiritual journey that you're already on. You can do it willfully and with intention and, hey, empowerment. Use your words with power. That's it, guys. Have a great day. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening.